It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello everybody, I am James Butler, the Cricket Badger. Thank you very much to Who Knows Wins for their support of our current podcast. And today, we're going to get into that subject of the 100. Anybody that's followed me for a while, you'll know my views are rather opposed to the 100. But I'm sick and tired, really, of having these very binary debates where one faction goes off and says, meh, 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 it's all bad. The other faction goes, hurrah, hurrah, everything's good. And we hardly ever meet in the middle. So the premise behind today's podcast, and it's probably the most ambitious one I've ever done it's certainly more guests than we've ever had on the cricket budget podcast at any particular time but it's to go through the hundred the good bits the bad bits how it's going to affect the game and to talk to fans about what they actually think which excuse me i'm not sure the ecb has maybe done enough of so in today's edition of the podcast which is going to come out in two parts because we had a very long chat we have two fans who are opposed to the 100. We have two fans who are very much for the 100. And bizarrely, in these binary times, we have two fans in the middle who are not quite sure how they feel about the competition. We're going to go through the various different strands of the debates, talk to all six people and see where we come out at the end of it. Whether we'll be any further forward, I do not know. But my thanks to Craig and to Richard for joining me in the opposed camp. My thanks to Chris and for Warren for joining me in the very much pro camp and to Philip and Abby, who are our neutrals on today's podcast. So whatever your preconceived ideas are on the 100 as a competition, and I'm sure you've got pretty strong opinions because most people have these days, park them to one side for a second. And over these next two parts of the Cricket Badger podcast, have a listen, see what all sides of the argument say, and then let us know when you've listened to both parts on at cricket underscore badger, whether your mind's been changed or whether you're still very much in the same camp that you were in at the beginning of this debate. So let's crack on 
Let's get into it. Let's have a chat about the 100 from all sides. I don't think many people do that these days, but we're going to try and have a very balanced, polite, respectful debate. We're all cricket fans together. We all want the same thing. We're just coming at it from slightly different angles. Let's see what those angles are as we discuss the 100 on today's Cricket Badger podcast. It's that Badger style. Let's talk to the people who are looking forward to it first, shall we? And Chris, you've got a Twitter handle, um, which kind of gives away your allegiances in terms of this. When you first saw this competition announced, and you have obviously followed the various marketing things and everything that's been announced since, that's whetted your appetite, has it? That's got your got your juices flowing. I think so, yes. There was quite a lot of promise. And I, you know, for context, I come from a place where Test Cricket was my first love. The first series I remember watching was the 2005 Ashes series, and I fell in love with cricket as a format um, and in many ways one of the things that I enjoyed is the minutiae of things as they develop and I was thinking about this the other day where little things change within the game and this was quite a stark change and I, I was a bit confused initially um, I wasn't quite sure what was going on but the more and more I got into it the more and more I actually got quite excited at the potential that it could have especially given that I'm a huge fan of a game that let's let's be honest even within uh, the UK is very much probably the third sport so you would argue maybe the fourth depending on Wimbledon this offers a potential for cricket to kind of reinvent itself and get and get a younger audience attached to it who perhaps maybe think that cricket's a bit long or a bit obtuse or a bit um, confusing. Uh, this offers something that's short, sharp, length of a football match, got some of the best players in the world all concentrated within a smaller structure than the, the system that we have in place and also promotes the women's game. And um, I saw that for many ways, the positives outweighed the negatives. Warren, you're in the same boat as this, aren't you? You're looking forward to this competition too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd go to the point of being evangelical about it, probably, James. Um, For me... I think big picture rather than how it's been communicated and the marketing, which we know has been controversial. For me, it's all about the big picture. What are the challenges that face cricket in this country? And I see a game at grassroots and professional level that financially has struggled for years. Uh, participation levels have either been flat or declining in recent years. The demographics of our cricket audience is aging. According to the ECB research, kids recognise wrestler John Cena more than they do Alan to cook and to me that that is a dangerous cocktail for the future of the game and you say well what's the response i think new fans is the response more fans as many people watching cricket as possible i think that can address those issues and therefore we start with the hundred as a research-backed approach just like with t20 was back in the day to reach out to those new fans well, Warren and Chris, welcome to this podcast. You're in our pro camp then. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum, shall we? And Richard, you're known as Surrey Ultra on Twitter. I know, like me, have been opposed to this competition since it's uh, it was first announced. You've heard what Warren and Chris have had to say in terms of they're looking forward to it. What are your misgivings? Uh, misgivings start with the research the ECB have based it all on, which they won't show. But apparently their new transparent ECB are going to show, but haven't. Then there's the costs of setting a new competition up, including the £117 million bribes that were offered to the counties to vote in favour of a new format, which they voted on it being a T20 franchise, city franchise, back in 2016. And then there's the chance for 
British coaches to work with overseas players. None of the teams have got British coaches in the men's teams. And the 62 people who lost their jobs at the ECB last year to pay for this year's competition of the 100. And the fact that it's not 18 counties. You are alienating 10 grounds by not holding cricket there for this eight-week period or whatever it is. Uh, The money spent could have been better used promoting the blast, which in the rules of the blast fit in three hours. So a game that starts at six finishes at nine. Perfect for the BBC. It's just it's just innovation. I've read this quote somewhere. It's innovation for innovation's sake. They don't need to do this. It's purely because they lost out on trademarking the T20 back in the day, and now they want something else to sell to the world. Craig, you've heard uh, there what Richard has said. I mean, my, one of my misgivings is the gimmicks, the fact that the marketing has been, I think, <laughs> looks like a kid's done it at various stages. Anything to add to what Richard said in terms of your misgivings? Well, yeah, I mean... I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at the bigger. I'm looking at the whole picture. I mean, following from Richard, from what Richard said, you know, he said a lot of said a lot of things. That I I certainly echo. But there's a couple of questions I want to ask that I think have never been answered. One of the questions is the trial match at Trent Bridge. Why was that played behind closed doors? You know, in front of just the cricket. Well, just in front of the cricketing media. You've got eighty percent of the cricket media that are going to be all for it. You know why? What I think, they, I think the biggest thing that ECB missed out on was possibly having say nine trial matches between all eighteen counties, and afterwards get the people that went to watch the game. You now, just say right. What did you think of it? How, you know, do you think, you know, it's got potential and what have you? But no, it, for me, it was, it's just a self-proclaimed vanity project on their part, on the ETB's part. And, and I just think, why lummox with, with something that basically none of us have actually seen, ex, you know, how exactly how it's going to work? You know, I would I would rather see something that is easy to understand and easy to basically basically easy to muster. You know, and give the give the fans, give the supporters, the cricket loving public the chance to be judged during execution. Right then, Craig and Richard, welcome. You are our opposed the hundred brigade on here. Um, Thank you. Let, let's move ahead to the middle grounds. And there's not often these days everything's so binary. There's not often people that kind of admit to being in the middle. You're either yes or no or think something's good or evil. Um, but we have Philip and uh, Abby on today. And Abby, you've said that when you first saw the new competition, you had misgivings, but you've gradually kind of started to move along the spectrum towards actually being in the looking forward to it camp. You're sitting somewhere in the middle at the moment. Yes, I am. So it's probably um, best to start off with a bit of context. So I wasn't in general cricket fan when the 100 came about. Um, I used to play quick cricket as a child and then I went away from it in my teenage years and then I refound my love for it in 2019 at the beginning of the counter cricket season then. And I'm a Somerset fan, which is obviously one of the counties that isn't 100 ground as such. So things down in Somerset, the club itself are very supportive of the 100, but there are a lot of angry members and a lot of, and I understand why. I mean, that is the first impression that I got of the 100. And I've gradually become more accustomed to it. I can see the pros and the cons for both sides of things. The problem that I think 
I face the most in um, likening the hundred. The thing that I struggle with to like the hundred the most is the fact that I don't think it's different enough to bring in this supposed new audience. I think essentially it is just a watered down T20 version with 20 less balls. I don't see why they could like, if you're going to try and make it appeal to children with short attention spans, why don't you just do a T10 and be done with it? That is my reasoning behind it but also I really struggle um the reason I fell in love with cricket in the first place in 2019 was because I'm from Somerset I've lived in Somerset all my life apart from when I went to uni it was the fact that I could root for my local team and the trouble that I get with the hundred and just with franchises in general it's the reason why I struggle with the IPL as well when there's so many of the people that you support dotted all over different teams there's not really anyone that I can root for yeah. That's where my support struggles to come in. I must admit, I find that with the IPL. I'm a big IPL fan. You, you get certain cricketers that you really do gravitate towards. Yeah, exactly. And you can then think, oh, two of my cricketers are, are at that side, so I'm going to start supporting them. Yeah. Three, three years down the line, they're playing for different teams, aren't they? And that's, yeah, exactly. that's everything. So, you know, you get in county cricket, you get people that come through the ranks, are brought through to the team. Yeah. And ultimately, if they move on somewhere else, they're, they're in the minority, really. There's not a massive transfer market in, in county cricket, but in the in the hundred, people are going to flit to whoever pays in the biggest price, aren't they? Exactly. It's like with county cricket and with just like club teams you can watch players grow and you can grow with them and then like for example when Don Best moved to Yorkshire we all supported him because we accepted that he couldn't get the space to grow at Somerset but obviously we're going to continue to follow his career but yeah and, and he's obviously made a very very wise decision as well yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> coming to Yorkshire finally Phil thank you for coming on today you're again somewhere in the kind of grey area in between uh, being yes or no in terms of the 100 you've heard what Abby said have you got anything to add to what she said in terms of how you see it I, I, Abby's feelings on it are pretty similar to my own my, initially when I heard of the 100 I didn't like the idea of it I was relatively anti it but it occurred to me that all of the media I read I, I know Craig mentioned that he thought that 80% of the media supported uh, the 100 um, I've not seen any media that's supportive of it I, I can't say I've been read, sort of rigorously reading into the subject matter I was conscious that where I'd got my information from was almost solidly anti. And so I, I tried to start from a neutral position. I'm just, yes, just going to cut across you there because I don't totally disagree with what you just said, purely because I seem to think the way it's set up in terms of the media is that people who are going to be working for Sky and working for the BBC are very, very positive in what they're saying about it. Yeah. The bumbles and what have you of this world. The, so the people that are going to be covering it are, are, are positive about it. The people that probably aren't going to be covering it are, are maybe, I would suggest, slightly more honest about it. Yeah, and they, but they just so happen to be the people I've read. I've not read anything from from Bumble or, uh, on the subject matter. So, I, And I'm sort of reading newspapers across the spectrum uh, and getting it. And, and I think generally the, the newspaper uh, media, or the news media, are don't seem to be in favour of it, not from not from what I've read. And, I, and that certainly coloured my approach to it to begin with. So I tried to to consciously neutralize my position to start with and then it was well, who bears the burden of proof to, to to nick a phrase from from where i work who, who needs to persuade me and my instinct was i think the ecb needs to persuade me that it's a worthwhile exercise or the hundred needs to persuade me effectively and at the moment i'm not i'm not convinced i'm not convinced because for, for exactly the same reasons abby says i'm an essex fan and not having a franchise who do i support well, apart from the ludicrously named London Spirit, which I, you know, Lawrence is at and and, and Ravi, uh, Ravi is is at. That, that's the only skin I've got in the game, really. And and it's really hard. It's it's for this exactly the 
same reasons I can't get into the IPL. I just, I, I, I'm the sort of person that needs to have something in the game. Usually it's the underdog, but I don't know enough about the, the teams to know who the underdogs are. It feels odd to see Joe Root not playing for Essex. That really jars. Uh, sorry, not playing for Yorkshire. That really, oh, I'd love to see him play for Essex. Sorry. <laughs> that, that would not jar. It feels too artificial. And where it says it's innovation, I certainly understand the phrase innovation for innovation's sake. For me, I'd like to have seen genuine innovation. Show me something different because I'm not adverse to innovation. I think it's easy to change for change's sake. Don't like that. But I'd like to have seen... I don't know what it would be. I'm, I'm not an innovative thinker myself. But I'd like to have seen something genuine, knocking 20 balls off it and changing it to a five ball over or a 10 ball over to me. Just It smacks of being a bit pathetic. Um, in terms of change and it doesn't it doesn't deliver do we want a larger audience yes financially I suppose if we have to think about the finances yes do we want a more diverse audience I can't see any reason why we wouldn't sounds positive do we want to sacrifice the existing audience certainly not but that seems to have happened because certainly the, the, the over the last few days when I've, I've asked around prior to this I was surprised by the number of people who are virulently against it and what really really did surprise me was um, the number of people who hadn't heard of the competition. And this is the people around cricket clubs that I'm in. And, and I found that really surprising. I thought that they had certainly got the message out and it, they'd managed to turn people off, but they're, they're not actually getting through to the people that might well be the market they're looking at. And I think what they should be looking at is the people, uh, I, I went back to one of your podcasts on, on the subject a couple of years ago. It was suggested there's something like 10 million people in the country back then that claim to like or be interested in cricket and a small fraction of them actually turn up to games. For me, it's that margin that has to be targeted, not the people who've never heard of the game or have looked at it and thought, good God. If, if, if you're going to s- sell the game as two and a half hours, that's quick. Well, T20 takes two, uh, takes three hours, doesn't it? What, what, what has that 30 minutes achieved? It doesn't look to me like it's an effective attempt at innovation. And I don't, at the moment, I'm happy to be persuaded, consider it to be enough of an innovation to attract a new client or customer to the ground I think they've missed a trick in that they've not targeted the nine or so million people that have already expressed an interest in cricket and trying to get them along that, 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 that's what I think my issues are at the moment I love your name Phil um, because you work you work in the legal field don't you and your name I is do. Philip Law which yep. is the perfect example of nominative determinism isn't it or whatever I it's called who knows wins put your money where your mates are there's over 25,000 players and over £1 million already won. The biggest community pot was £31,000. And there's over 12,000 leagues created. Download our free app and play against your friends and family with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who knows wins in a different league. Let's move on to uh, trying to broaden this out a bit. But Abby and Phil, welcome along to... They're our six then. That's the panel of six that we've got. They've kind of made their case as to where they stand at the moment. Let's return to the uh, the pro 100 people. And I'm going to ask you a question here, Chris. Why do we need 100 balls? Why do we need to have these gimmicks? Why do we need to try and change stuff when the T20 Blast was growing year on year? Wouldn't it have been better to have included the already sort of captive audience that the 18 counties have got and to have grown on the T20 Blast, maybe making it two divisional, selling the top division as the Premier League or something like that and glitzing that up and shining that up so that that becomes more appealing. What is it about the 100, do you think, that people who are floating around the edges of cricket at the moment are going to be captivated by? There's a few things. Um, I think simplicity is definitely one of them um, because... All right, I'm going to come straight back at you there because how is the 100 any more simple than the T20? 
20 format. There's less moving around between overs. Um, there's something that's divisible by 10. It's a sort of a structural, structurally a bit more uh, straightforward than a six ball over. There's less moving between the wickets. Um, and I, the thing is, I actually sit on the side of these, you know, these talks of changing the name for wickets to outs um, actually does make a bit more sense because I actually asked a few of my friends uh, here about one of the barriers for cricket. And it was that it was a lot of the complicated esoteric lingo tends to put people off. But in terms of why do we need the hundred? I don't know. In in many senses, that's not necessarily the question I ask myself. It's do we need something that is going to shake things up? And I, I take your point about the blast and re, uh, reinvigorating it. But I was reminded of something I read where um, Imran Khan was talking about how they set up the PSL and how they were very militantly wanted a very, very small amount of teams to kind of concentrate uh, the quality of cricket that's being played. And if you want to rebrand and if you want to show this to as much people as, as you possibly can, keeping it to a smaller place or to a smaller amount of teams and not essentially confusing it more with uh, with divisions and league tables and so forth seem to me to be a positive thing. And I also think that there, there is a branding and a marketing thing. We, you know, we live in a global world of cricket and we have to face the harsh reality that a lot of players will be looking at things like the IPL, the PSL, the Caribbean Premier League, uh, the Big Bash for those cash grabs because it's not like the Premier League. Uh, cricketers, even top flight cricketers are, are in are in, in a completely different league to uh, Premier League footballers, and there has to have you have to have that real, honest discussion with yourself about whether people are, from a playing sense of view, from a playing perspective, going to be after things so that they can actually afford to keep doing it. This is a particular case with the women's game because this is something that has to be considered and um, as far as brand and USP you're right the, the the blast it would have been great if the blast was captured by the ECB right at the start and said this is our brand this is what we're doing but we live in a world where the IPL owns that now the, the IPL is the fundamental T20 international franchise game. So from my perspective, something's got to be done that's just a little bit different, that's not basically the IPL, but in a country where it rains a lot. And um, yeah, uh, that's sort of how I sit on it all anyway. I mean, one of the things is that it can still rain on a hundred game, can't it? I know. I'm being specious for specious. <laughs> um, Warren, you've heard what Chris has said there. I mean, just to kind of develop that a little bit, obviously, I personally think the T20 Blast is a, a terrific product. And if you if you develop that, if you make it two-divisional, however you kind of glitz that up, if you throw some of the money, and only a fraction of the money really needed that they've already spent on marketing and introducing the 100, if you threw that into the T20 Blast and polished it up and, and made it shiny, you've got 18 counties there with a long history. You've got all of the fans of those 18 counties who are already invested in that, who go to the T20 Blast games and would, by virtue of that, go on to watch the next season, however you glitzed it up. And then you've got the ability with that tournament to try and find this new audience and, and to try and increase the gate receipts and to try and make cricket more accessible. Surely you can still make cricket accessible with what's existing rather than having to change stuff. Because I'm going to, I'm going to start going here, but I was saying to somebody else the other day that I think when you get involved, when you fall in love with something, whether it's a female, male, or whether it's a movie or, or whatever it is, a movie is a good example. You go and sit down and for the first 20 minutes, sometimes you're thinking, 
what on earth's going on here as the scene's set and characters are developed and things are introduced. Hopefully, if it's a good movie, in two hours' time, you're walking out the cinema thinking, where did the time go? Because that was absolutely fantastic. So there's, there's an element of trying to get people to invest their, their minds and their souls into something, to learn the lingo, to learn what's going on, so that you then think, well, I actually own a little bit of this now. I've, I've kind of put myself into this game. I actually understand this. I've kind of made a bit of a breakthrough here. I'm enjoying this now. Surely by kind of dumbing it down, which is what I think they're doing, you're taking away that little bit. You're kind of almost, you're inviting a new audience in and sort of saying you're a bit you're a bit thick aren't you you don't actually understand you're, you're not capable of understanding cricket so you're a little bit thick here come and sit and watch this new hundred format that we've got you and you're saying to the existing audience of county fans well they're not actually really saying anything to them they're kind of just <laughs> kind of parking them to one side and almost saying it's not for you yeah a few things though what you're saying is very tempting james you know and part of me thinks yeah well why don't we just rejig the blast give it a bit more money behind the marketing and that would help to a point. Any more marketing behind any cricket is always welcome, but it would be a sticking plaster. And rejigging the blast as an alternative approach to growing the game, it's it's stuck in the comfort zone. It doesn't address the issues of why do people not go and watch cricket? And also, purely from a cricketing point of view, you do an IPL podcast. The blast is years behind what's out there now. You do not get new comps with 18 teams for good reason. The talent is spread very thin. Organisationally, it's harder to follow. It's harder to create stars. One name I'll, I'll throw out to you, Benny Howell. The 100 in cricketing ter- terms should be happening because of Benny Howell. If Benny Howell was Australian, if he was Indian, he'd be a household name because of the platform talented domestic players have been afforded. Outside of our podcast audience, the county cricket audience, no one knows who Benny Howell is. And that's a disgrace, to be frank. You know, he should be a household name. So for me, part of the attraction is it's fully embracing why people don't watch cricket. They think it's too complicated. It's too long. Make it simple. And cricketing-wise, at last, we can try and rival the CPL, the Big Bash, the IPL, which are miles better than the Blast, which is sad to say because we were the pioneers back in the day. Philip, you wanted to come in. Yeah, I, I just wondered, and if there's a point that the perhaps the Pro 100 might want to respond to, is if the issue is that you need new fans, what do you do then with the old fans and the old formats if they don't make enough money, they don't create a big enough platform. If, if the future of cricket is not cricket as we know it, and it needs to be dumbed down to get to a to a um, you know a, a a concept that's more easily accessible to to Joe public. Do we bin the old formats on the basis that they they don't work in a current financial climate? Is that the end of them, Richard? I was going to come on to that actually with you. I mean, one of the things that's concerned me a little bit over the last few weeks is since the hundred started to people have started to talk about it. You know, I think it was around the time of a hundred days to the hundred or something. There's a lot of chat around it, and we saw Sky do a, a program. Is there room for four formats in the an English summer. I seen Bumble tweeting his version of how the county, how the county summer should look like, with less county championship games and knockout tournament to actually cut down games in the in the Royal London One Day Cup, etc. Are you concerned about how the impact on counties as a result of bringing in in the hundred? Because if the hundred is successful, I always think of it as a lose lose for, for counties at least. Is that if it's if the hundred is massively successful, the ECB will see it as the the shiny tournament and all of their focus and in investment will go into that and the counties will lose. If the 100 is not successful, and we can't really afford it not to be successful now because we've got so far down the road with it, it's almost got to be successful. If it's not successful, it drains resources from the counties because so much money has been spent on it. It is 
going to exactly what you said. You, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. When we won the World Cup, the viewing figures went through the roof because it was free to air. There are people there that wanted to watch cricket. Now they've already dumbed down the 50 over competition. So it's now a development competition for the ones who weren't good enough to play in 100. The 100 is already causing division in county cricket teams and dressing rooms because you've got haves and have-nots. Sky will always say, yeah, let's have the fast, flash, glitzy games. We don't want the four-day games. We don't want the 50-over competition. We want test match cricket because it's England. And we want speedy now, IPL. I definitely, definitely do not agree that the PSL or the CPL or New Zealand Super Smash or the Bangladesh Premier League or any of these other franchises that people just have back, will travel, earn money, are better than the Blast. I don't even think the IPL is better than the Blast. You get more names in the in the IPL because the Indian players are playing with a massive, massive homegrown audience. We, we can't compete with the IPL on terms of viewing figures because there's more Indians watching it. It's very difficult to see how we can go, if it is successful at 100, how we can go back to the 18 counties because then the ECB have got the mandate then to close counties down. They've got the votes. It's it. When you said about it being cricket's Brexit, it is. The ECB, through their shenanigans, now control the votes on the future. If the 100 is successful, they can say, we don't need 18 counties. We'll take it down to 10. We'll take it down to eight. And people are going to suffer throughout the country because of this format, which nobody wants. Abby, you've talked about being in Somerset, which is obviously not a county where there is a test ground and where there's going to be a, the 100 played. I always think one of the beauties of the 18 county structure, which I've loved all, all my cricketing life, is that there are 18 counties and England is quite a densely populated small island. And what the 18 county structure does is it spreads the tentacles of the game into some of the areas that if you just had it in the in the cities, it wouldn't spread it to. Can, can you see that in terms of maybe one of the drawbacks of the 100 that as, as a Somerset person, you're going to have to travel a long way to see a 100 game? Yeah, exactly. And I think what people often forget when they're talking about the teams in the 100 is that obviously Somerset, Gloucestershire and Glamorgan are all lumped in at Glamorgan, which is Glamorgan needed to have a team in Wales. There needed to be a team based in Wales for the 100. I completely understand that and I completely agree with that. But I think what people often fail to consider is that Somerset as a county not only represents Somerset, it also represents Devon, it represents Cornwall, it represents parts of Dorset as well. And I think that to expect, I mean, I live in between Bath and Bristol. It takes me just over an hour to get down to Taunton and it will take me just under two hours to get over to Cardiff for a Welsh fire game. To expect someone to travel all the way from Penzance to Cardiff for their local 100 game is ridiculous because that's like a six hour journey. I think that is one of the beautiful things about county cricket and the 18 county structure is that it can spread it all over the country. And I just, I don't think that the 100 is going to improve that in any way. Blackratcricket.co.uk. You've probably spent lockdown dreaming about scoring runs and taking wickets. Well, let Black Rat Cricket kit you out and take you towards success. Blackratcricket.co.uk. They've got a swanky new website. And if you quote Badger when you check out, you can get yourself 15% off. Blackratcricket.co.uk. Join the infestation. 
Craig, one of the one of the early correspondents with me on Twitter, lived in Brighton, and you yeah. don't associate Brighton with not being close to stuff because it's only just down the road from from London. But they said if I was to take my my family of four, two adults, two kids, and I was going to travel into London to Surrey's ground to watch the game, and obviously return tickets, buy a, a drink or two when I'm there, and and, and a couple of sausage rolls or whatever you, mm. is your dish of taste. By the time I'm back at home, yeah. um, I have spent a hell of a lot of money. If I do that for six or seven games in a season, that's a family holiday in the, in somewhere nice. Yeah, but if, exactly. Yeah, you're asking people to commit quite a lot of cash to this, aren't you? If, if they're going to travel and going to actually watch games in, in person. Well, this is it. I mean, I, know, I had a look on the uh, 100 website for how much their merchandise, uh, you know, how much the prices for, you know, rather than merchandise is. And for a baseball cap of the Manchester Originals, you're having to pay £31. Now, if you've, if you've got a family, husband, wife, two kids, 31 times four is, what, 124 quid. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and that's before you've even started just to pay the admission and, like you say, the food, the drink and what have you. And it's a very, it can be a very, very expensive do. And also, as well, another thing that you've also got to consider is, yeah, and you're going back to, you know, supporting your counties. For me, it's 18, whether you like it or not, there's 18 counties in county cricket. I mean, no disrespect to you, James, but I'm, if I was going to say... Oh, there's a hundred side based in you know based at Headingley. Are you going to support them? I said, well, no, because I want to, I support Lancashire County Cricket Club. I've been a Lancashire member for nearly twenty, well, for about twenty six years. I want to support the county that I love. You know, I don't really want to support you know support something that's just plainly manufactured. And another thing as well is you've also you're talking about marketing compared to Australia and India. We are like. 20, 30 years behind from, you know, from them big juggernauts in in Australia and India. There's still some, a lot of questions answered about, a lot, you know, about marketing and, you know, that we're not going to compete on a on an international level. Would you go to see a game, Craig, at Old Trafford? If there is a, if you, oh. if, so if, if a mate of yours phoned you up and said, right, I've got a ticket for the 100 next week, would you go? That is a very, very difficult question that for me. Um, While you're thinking about that, because I know that I will turn the TV on and I will watch some games of the 100, and I know that I will probably enjoy some games of the 100 because... People are holding cricket bats, and I love cricket, so I will I will watch some of it. But my, my personal point of view mm. is that there's a bigger bigger picture which I don't like, which I find quite yeah. palatable. But I will probably turn the TV on and watch some of the game. It's like for me, it's like you know, the cricket loving public now that the ECB are trying to alienate has sort of said, right, we're going to put a proverbial gun to your head, we're going to basically we're going to give you this competition whether you like it or not, and if you don't want to watch it, then go and support another sport. And for me, that is just so wrong. As for whether I would actually go and watch a hundred game, I probably wouldn't. I've, I've always said I would never go and watch a hundred game live, and I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Before I come to Chris, um, Richard, same question to you. Very quick answer from you. Would you go to the Oval and watch watch a hundred game? Um, I have to. Um, you can't not like something and then not watch it. If I need to criticise it. I can't read about it in the paper and somebody else's view. I've got to see it for myself. Probably like you said about being on TV, I will, it'll be on. I might not be watching it, but I might, something might catch my eye. Sam Curran's done something brilliant. Rewind it, have a little look. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have to see a game to criticise the game. 
Chris. Well, I, I just wanted to come in because I think you've actually hit a, quite an important point because we we delve into um, the sort of the structure of cricket and uh, how is this going to affect and, you know, the powers within the ECB and how is it going to affect the 18 counties. And I think a lot of the time, like you just said, we're dismissing the idea that it's going to be a load of fun. It's going to be loads of fun to watch. And this all of this debate on uh, whether it's destroying cricket or whether it's um, whether it's going to alienate people. First off, we haven't even had the chance to watch it yet. So uh, this is all speculative from from the first instant. It's just going to be loads of fun. On, on our podcast, uh, the, which is all about the 100, we had uh, a BBC sports journalist. Somebody mentioned an earlier point that there was a lot of pro uh, or journalists that were very pro, uh, pro and almost militaristically so. That wasn't the case with this particular person. And he's a, a, rel- a relatively high up person within within the BBC. And um, Maybe. I will not, but I will tell you if you go on my podcast site in the 100 Report, you can find out who it is because uh, I don't know who it is. I don't know whether I'm allowed to. Um, but um, he said his opinion was quite mixed and that the one thing that we cannot deny is that the action on the field is going to be absolutely fantastic. And that was a verbatim quote. And I think that that is one thing that for all of our arguments and for all of the um, the bickering and the squabbling we have about is this going to destroy the game, we're discounting the most important thing. Are people going to enjoy it? And- I'll come back to you on that, though. I mean, even if it is marvellous, if it's the best cricket you've ever seen, if it's the best evening out you've ever had, are you not concerned about its impact wider than just the 100, that the fact that there are 18 counties out there that are trying to play county championship, trying to play 50 over, trying to play T20 blast? That is by virtue of the success of the 100 going to go down a rung in the ladder, isn't it? I, I think it could do. And I think it's probably quite a salient point to go uh, to say, now I'm from one of the counties which is not part of the 18. Um, I'm from Staffordshire. So automatically from day one, I had to pick a county that was not my own. So for me, I just see this as it's a different equivalency. I just go, okay, then um, I guess I have to look slightly further afield. I can only imagine that people who are from Cumbria or from Norfolk or from Devon or from Wiltshire uh, have to pick a side that is not representative of their county and not representative of their people. I think it'd be wonderful if I was from Lancashire or if I was from Somerset to be able to go, great, this is my team. This is the one I support, but I don't. And maybe that's perhaps why I have a slightly different perspective on it all. Because- I, um, I, I'll come back in there, Chris. I, I'm originally from Lincolnshire. Everybody, everybody assumes I'm a Yorkshireman. I'm not. Um, I was originally from very much on the East Coast. So if I had to go and watch a, a cricket game, I had to either travel up to Scarborough, across right. to Headingley, or I went across to Trent Bridge quite a lot with my dad driving miles and miles and miles and a tired little James in the back seat sometimes on the way back. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, the, uh, you know, Lincolnshire isn't a cricket county. Obviously, it's got a team, but it's, it's not a cricket-known county. So I had to travel a long way to see proper cricket in the inverted commas or watch it on the TV. It doesn't mean that I can't see the benefits of the 18-county structure, though. Oh, no. I mean, I'm not decrying the benefits of the 18 18- county structure um it just seems to me i think a lot of this and this is with all due respect to everybody it comes over um this um, an idea of uh, holding on to a sense of traditionalism within cricket um and i think traditionalism is important but the game is constantly changing and this is a change to a game and perhaps it's something that is um something we don't like and perhaps we see some sort of malfeasance underneath it all but um i saw the equivalency with that is that if i've already had to pick another county uh, within the county structure it's not really much more
more of a step for me to pick a franchise. Phil, you got your hand up. I was going to come to you anyway because I've not spoken to you for a while. Um, I've got all, I've got all of these ugly mugs, apart from Abby, obviously, on my screen in front of me on Zoom. I'm trying to come around and give you all a, a fair shout in this one. But I was going to come to you as an Essex fan, Phil. That yeah, one of obviously not a test playing county, not having its own hundred game in terms of the county boundaries. Yep. Are, are you concerned about the future of some of the counties? Not necessarily Essex. Essex have been very successful though, but they are still a small county in the hierarchy of of English county cricket. Are you at all concerned about some of the Essexes, the Derbyshires, the Northamptonshires? Because there has been a little bit of a noise from ECBHQ for quite some time now that 18 counties could possibly be better with 12 or 10. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I heard those concerns before and I never fully understood them. But I think that the, the the franchise element of this is is what's really at the nub of of the issues that people have with it. I think in terms of the innovation of the game, they're, they're so minimal anyway that I, 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 I think the point stands that it's going to be a good watch. It should be a good watch. But in terms of the franchises, it seems to me that's what we're boiling down to in the nub. As an Essex fan, I, I tried to buy tickets. Well, I did try very hard because I sort of lost interest halfway through. But I, I, I went to try and buy them and then I realised, sugar, what, what what team do I actually, who do I want to buy tickets for? And then it made me think, well, good. the best things that I enjoy about cricket are when we play Kent or when we play Middlesex or when we play Surrey. It's that local derby. It's that, you know, that, that added reason for, you, know, you, you all know what a crowd likes uh, over at Essex, um, particularly in the T20 day. They love it, particularly when the locals turn up and we and we give Kent a good going over. Yeah, well, perhaps more, not more often than not. But now you're asking us to combine and, and it's asking people that are naturally pushed away almost with that ma- magnetic effect to come together. Uh, and it's quite difficult. It was quite difficult to actually say, well, well so I'm a Middlesex fan. For, for all intents and purposes. I find that difficult. If this is successful, I, whether there's a real risk of, of Essex becoming a minor county or, or, or Derbyshire or any of the teams you may becoming a minor county, I didn't, and I didn't really think that the risk was realistic. Looking at it, it must be right that if this is a successful model and the old, if we, if we consider the existing tranche of cricket fans to be insufficient for the purposes of keeping cricket afloat, if this is, is successful, it's going to be successful because it's brought in a load of new fans. And if the new fans are encouraged or like this franchise system, it will be a matter of time before it's suggested that if it works for the hundred, it will work in other aspects of the game. So that's my concern, Phil. That the yeah, it must be right then. Yeah. That, that that's that that's. I, I hadn't appreciated that till today. I thought it was a bit of a spurious argument, but it would seem a logical outcome to the to to the logic of this proposal. I mean, there's only so many days in a, in an English county summer, and as Chris has already mentioned, it rains on quite a few of them. Mm. Um, but the counties have got a structure at the moment where I mean, we've already seen county championship cricket marginalised into April um, and May. And then towards the end of the season, we kind of, kind of bookends the the English summer. The Royal London One Day Cup with the hundreds inception is going to be almost kind of like background music, isn't it, to the summer rather than yeah. on, on the front of the stage. And the T Twenty Blast, which was getting to be really successful and, and growing and growing and growing, has been almost discredited by the ECB. And the hundreds going to come in its stead. And if you bring something front and centre you are by virtue of that bringing other stuff back and yeah. sideways aren't you no no I, I agree with that and, and, and as I say if it's brought with it a, a new tranche of fans that accept and want this franchise system then the voices of of, of, of the traditionalist will be much quieter and, the, and and it will be much easier to 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 um, bring that system through I suspect I 
uh, as an Essex fan, I, 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 I wonder if the trick has been missed here, that instead of concentrating franchises, that they could have been stretching the tentacles you referred to earlier, James, to Devon, to uh, Lincolnshire, to Holland, you know, bringing some Europeans at European national teams maybe to come and play. It'd been fantastic to have a of a promotion and relegation system where you might suddenly see someone like the Netherlands work their way up to uh, a decent level, and suddenly they'll be coming to to Essex to play uh, a, a T twenty or a one hundred game or whatever. I'd, I'd love to have seen that. I think that's a way of engaging new audiences. That's a way of engaging people to think, oh, well, that's something different. Because I, I, I don't think what we've the, the new innovation is enough to. Uh, well, anyway, I've made that point. Well, Abby and Phil are our neutrals, and I'm I'm quite buoyed by the fact that Phil said he's already had his opinion changed a little bit because they're going to be our litmus test as we go through. At the end of it, I'm going to ask them if their opinions have changed at all. Do they still see themselves as being middle ground or have they gone from one extreme to the other but let's go back to Warren who is pro the hundred at the moment where do you live Warren you maybe mentioned it earlier I'm in London I go to the Oval to watch Surrey are are you at all concerned about the future of the other counties or are you just is it just market forces if this is successful and other smaller counties can't can't survive that's just the way of the world well for me part of my support for the hundred is to save the county, save the game more broadly if it's successful. And we kind of alluded to it a little bit already, but we need more fans. And if you've got a kid at home, maybe watches Ben Stokes play for Manchester and they live in London and is like, oh, daddy, daddy, I like cricket. Can I go? Well, then you'll take them to the Oval. You've got a new Surrey fan because they saw Ben Stokes on the telly. So- is, that, is that not just free to air though? And could we not have done that with 18 counties and the T20 Plus? Free to air is good. Whatever cricket you want. Any cricket on free-to-air is good for the game, but it's free-to-air, a cricket product specifically for those who are not already engaged. And I think it's no act, no coincidence that the broadcasters snapped their hands off for this because it was going to be T20, wasn't it, originally? We all know that. Yeah. And we know watching T20, it goes on for like four hours these days. You know, well, it it is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's, that's, a, that's a bugbear of mine and it shouldn't do. And that's not so, that's not a reason to discount the T20 thing. And, the, and as far as I was, as far as I'm aware, Warren, the free-to-air TV um, company, which is obviously in this instance is the BBC, we're going to take the T20 format. Yeah, they were. I don't, I don't know if it's actually ever been said why it changed. I haven't heard that, but I suspect it's just pressure on schedules ultimately, I assume. But we don't know. They, they've never said. We, we've spoken a little bit, bit about the tentacles and whether your local club has it or not. I just think we've got to think in terms of what the broadcast means. It's massive having it on free-to-air. And that would be the case if it was the blast, but it is the 100 that's on free-to-air. 950,000 people saw the blast in person in 2019. Great. If you get 500,000 people for that opening game, it's the women's game, that's half of one season of the blast attendance in one game. The potential is massive for this thing. On the the free-to-air aspect of it, or, or in terms of engaging a new following, Warren, surely all you need is a good product, isn't it? It doesn't have to be the 100. You need something that's exciting. You need to put something on television that people get involved in. And in the same way that too many years ago than I want to mention, I sat down in front of a TV as a little kid and, and turned on a test match and got hooked on it. You just need that opportunity for, and that's what free-to-air gives you. It doesn't have to be the 100, does it? I think it does. I think you're, you're right about product. People don't won't just watch any other thing. It has to actually attract TV audiences, people's attention spans are getting less and less with their phones and stuff. That's why I need the 100 for cricketing reasons, for product reasons. You've got the talent concentrated, one game a day, easy to follow, 
best players in the world, best players in England, prime time at the height of summer. What's not to like? It's that Badger style. That's the end of the first half of the Cricket Badger podcast. Put it out in two chunks so that you don't get overwhelmed by a really long podcast today. So park part A, turn me off now, turn over the record in old parlance and have a listen to part two, which is already out now as well as we continue to discuss The 100 with Craig, Richard, Abby, Phil, Chris and Warren. See you on the other side. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.